0: Let's close this series that we've been in called um, More Than a Feeling, okay? And this has been a great season, okay? This has been a great series to be in. We've been using these emojis to talk about the feelings that we've been talking about, um, how to deal with how we feel, and we've talked through being overwhelmed, and we talked about regret, and we talked about jealousy. And today, I kind of want to go into an overwhelmed part two, and I want to talk about worry, Okay, I want to talk about the anxiety that we feel. And this is so important because I don't know about you, if you're anything like me, but I tend to be a worry wart. I really do. And I'd venture to say that a lot of you are probably in the same boat as me. And even if you don't worry all the time, I guarantee you that there are a few things that you probably really struggle with. Or there's an area in your life right now that that you're really just worried about, and you can't get it out of your mind, and you don't know what's coming next. In fact, let me tell you a little secret. I think that the people who seem to have their life under control, you know, there's always those people that just seem to be perfect and everything they post on social media and all this kind of stuff, and it just looks like they have no worries whatsoever. I think that those are the people that probably worry the most. You know, it, I think that if you were to pull the curtain back in their life, right, it'd probably some, be some little person, like, controlling all the strings and just anxious about everything. So, to help us this morning, I asked you to do something. I asked you to grab a pencil on your way in. Did everybody get a pencil? Everybody uh, hold up your pencil if you grab one, okay? All right. What I want you to know is that this is actually a patented stress-reducing pencil, okay? So here's what I... And I want you to be careful because they're all sharpened, okay? I probably shouldn't uh, given out a bunch of stressed-out people sharp objects. But here's what I want you to do, okay? This is going to help so much. What we're going to do is on the count of three, we're all going to break the pencil together. Are you ready? Okay. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> I've got, i got some of y'all are like, yes, this is going to be so great. Others, the teachers in here are like, no, no. I hear Miss Allison. I hear you. Okay. It'll be okay. We have extra pencils. If you want a number two pencil after the service, we've got extra handout. Okay. So here we go. On the count of three, we're all going to braid together. You ready? One, two, three. Oh. doesn't that feel so good? some some of y'all this is working out to be the exact opposite some of y'all are stressed out that we broke pencils (laughs) listen listen here's my point okay all right put the pencil down on the ground okay let's all put the pencil down here's my point it feels good to break things every (laughs) now and then, doesn't it i'm teasing i probably shouldn't say that out loud um, all right, here's the, here's the deal. That kind of helps, and it would be great if we had an opportunity to do that during the day to kind of release it, or just break every pencil in the home and uh, maybe think that it would make everything better. But you know what? As soon as we do something like that, even doing something like that, it only feels good for a moment, and it doesn't really take anything away, and we still have the stress And some of you are even more stressed now because we broke all these pencils, right? And we're still, (laughs) yes, and we're still thinking about that anxiety or whatever it is that we brought in here with us this morning. So, all right, so if that doesn't work, clearly it doesn't, we're all over the board with it. What does work? And that's going to be my focus this morning, okay? All right, we're going to talk about how to reduce the anxiety levels in our life. And when I talk about this subject, I always use this verse, and I used this four weeks ago. Let's, let's look at this verse again that comes from Philippians 4, 6, and let's start here. It says this, don't worry about anything. This is what scripture teaches us when it comes to the anxiety and the stress and the things that we tend to carry around. God tells us and wants us to know, don't worry about those things. And if I'm honest with you, this verse, sometimes I am such a warrior that this verse actually worries me. Because I look at it, and I'm like, God tells me not to worry, and yet I'm still worried, right? So now I'm worried that God's going to be upset because I'm worrying, right? So maybe you're not that bad, but that's how I tend to get, okay? But truth is, some of us worry some of the time. Some of us worry all the time. And I really think we need to ask the question, why? Like, why is it that we worry so much? Why is it that we carry so much anxiety with us? I think that when you boil it down, I I think that we tend to think that it helps. We actually think that worrying gets us somewhere, that it'll help us be better people or make better plans or take better care of our families. But the truth is, it doesn't work for us. It works on us. It works against us. So how how does it work against us? Well, there's, there's a couple of ways it works against us, and this is just extra. Worrying can turn us into a type of person that nobody wants to be around. Worrying creates emotions in us that just destroy our life. Worrying can also affect us spiritually because when we worry, we tend to distance ourselves from God. It also affects us physically in so many different ways. So if we know it's wrong, and if we know we shouldn't do it, then what's the answer? Like, how do we release some of that pressure? And, and, and like I said, I want to go into an overwhelmed part two, and I just want to... Talk through some of these things again because I feel like we tend to carry so much around with us and it's so hard to shed those things. And what I want to do is I want to take you to a familiar story a story of Jesus and his disciples in the boat in the Sea of Galilee. And I brought this story up just a tad. Okay, just to kind of, what I wanted to do was kind of set the stage for today, because what I want to do is take a deep dive into this story today. And while we look at this story, we're going to talk about a few things. Number one, we're going to talk about the cause of worry, because if we want to release the grip that it has on our life, we got to understand it. Why we worry so much? Why we have so much anxiety? And then number two, we're going to look at the cure. Okay, what are some of the things that God wants to do in my life to really break this apart, break apart the pressure that just seems to, that that I just seem to struggle with so much? So let's jump into this story together. It comes from Matthew chapter 8. If you've got your message notes, go ahead and open those up. For those of you that are online, uh, go ahead and open up the app and you can follow along with us. If you want to follow along in your Bible portion of the app, we're going to be looking at Matthew chapter 8 verses 23 and 24 starting out. So, so here's what it says. It says, Then Jesus got into the boat, and they started across the lake with his disciples. And then suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake, with the waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. So I've actually been to the Sea of Galilee, it's an amazing place. Took a boat out to the middle of this really kind of a large lake. And it, it was really cool. But because of the, um, I think I brought a picture. Stroh, did I bring a picture? Yeah, there we go. Uh, but because of the mountains, and I don't know if you can see the clarity in this picture, because of the mountains and the hills around it, storms can just pop up very quickly and take you by surprise. It's like, it's like a wind tunnel kind of effect in this area. And the disciples find themselves in a small boat in the storm. You know, people ask, like, why would you set out in the boat in the middle of a storm? Well, it wasn't in the middle of a storm. It just kind of popped up out of nowhere, and it took them by surprise. Now, there's a few reasons that they got worried. There's a few reasons they got anxious. And I think that when you dive into the story, you, you'll begin to see that what caused them to, to be anxious in that moment are the same things that cause us to carry anxiety in our life. So let's look at these together, okay? Let's dive into the causes. Number one, we get anxious because of the sudden storms okay, the sudden storm, one of the main reasons we worry so much in life is because of this. And what I mean by the sudden storm is the unexpected problems. Those things that pop up out of nowhere. Like I said before, the Sea of galley is it's like this natural wind funnel. Storms just kind of pop up out of nowhere. Now, honestly, sometimes it feels that way in life. Storms in life Hardly ever come at the right time, right? Most of the time they're sudden, they're unexpected, and they're fierce when they come. And, and when they do come, we start to worry because we see that storm approaching, we see that problem coming. Not only are we worried about this storm, but because it came up so suddenly, we're worried about the next one that's not even there yet. We're worried about the storms on the horizon. We're worried about those things that we don't even see yet that may be brewing off in the distance. When I think of sudden storms, I think about the areas that are affected so much with hurricane season. You know, that, that area of Louisiana, the Gulf Coast that just got hit and hit. And then I saw last week Lake Charles just got, they got more tornadoes. And I can't help but those people are probably thinking these storms just are popping up everywhere. And what's next? And it can feel that way in life. It can feel like every time we turn around, it's like something new. Something unexpected, right? And because of that, it's hard not to worry. It's hard, it's hard not to wonder when or if the next shoe is going to fall. So we worry a lot of times because of the unexpected problems that come up. The second reason they worried wasn't because of the storm, but because of the actual waves that were crashing into the boat, okay? We worry... In our lives, not because of the threat of a storm that may be coming, but because of the overwhelming circumstances. This is what it means to worry for us. As we get worried so much, and we have so much anxiety because of the overwhelming, the actual waves that are crashing into us. And for the disciples, there is a there in the middle of a storm. There is a very real and clear and present danger to them. And you got to remember, man, they, these guys are fishermen. Okay, this, this, this is their life, a lot of these guys. They've been in these. So how bad must it have been? How, how huge, how, how fierce must these waves have been to have them so worried? It must have been bad. So sometimes the anxiety that we feel, it feels legit because these waves keep crashing into me. There are so many things that are just piling up and they keep coming and they just keep knocking us around. And it's real life circumstances. It's not something that's just brewing off into the distance. No, this is something that is happening right now. And I can tell you how hard it is because it hurts every time I get smacked around. And you know, what, you know what, sometimes when it comes to the waves that we experience in life, some of the things aren't even bad things. Some of the things that we have anxiety about are the things that we put on ourselves. Some of the waves in life are actually good things because we pile so much into life. And because of that, we carry around anxiety. We carry around this worry. You know, in, in fact, let me illustrate what I'm saying. How many of you ever said, I need a vacation for my vacation? Let me see, yep, Mm mm-hmm, we've all been there. I need another weekend, yeah? The Braves keep me up till midnight again, I'm gonna need another day, right? Right, why is that? It's because of the good things that I have planned, that I've allowed to happen, these good things in life that just mean having to get from here to there, or we've gotta go to this or that, or we've gotta get food prepared for over here or over there, and it's just like wave after wave, after wave, and we don't make life any easier for ourselves sometimes. And it's crazy. So sometimes we worry about the future storms that are brewing. Sometimes we worry about the waves that are literally crashing into us. The third reason that the disciples worried is because they were in a little boat in a big lake in the middle of a storm. And how I put this is that sometimes the cause of our worries is that we believe we have inadequate resources. We just don't believe that we have what it takes. So many times we look at our lives and we just say, whenever this situation becomes too much and we begin to worry because we don't think that we can handle it. You know, do do you think these disciples would have worried at all if they had been in a naval destroyer in the middle of the Sea of Galilee? Right? No, not, not at all. That, that would have been quite a picture to see, actually. So what do we talk about when we think of inadequate resources? It's like this. It's, you know, when we worry, sometimes we look at our finances, and we don't see a way. Sometimes we look at our health, and we say, I'm really not sure, and I'm so worried. And I'm so anxious about this. Sometimes we look at our job, and we just, we just look at this, and we're just like, how can they expect me to do all of this? I'm not adequate. I don't have what it takes. That kind of attitude, that kind of feeling it happens a lot. Sometimes we feel like we're all alone, which leads me to the next point, too. When we feel inadequate, sometimes we feel like we're in this, all by ourselves and that's number 4 the fourth point they worried is because Jesus is asleep right we worry sometimes because we feel alone they the disciples think they're alone in the middle of this storm they look around and at the end of the boat there's Jesus falling asleep. how do you sleep through this and then my next question is who actually woke him up like which disciple do you think do you think that they went over there and nudged him and then whatever disciple nudged him was like tried to blame it on the other side that was him <laughs> Or when it came to waking them up, do you think they had to like figure out who was going to do it, like you know, rock paper scissors, to see who's going to wake up Jesus? Right. But the point is this: sometimes we feel when we're going through a circumstance, when we got something hanging on to us, things are getting out of control, and we're so worried that we keep glancing up to God, and we're wondering, are you even there? How many times? Have we experienced something in life? How many times have we just carried something that this burden is just so much that we end up looking to God and going, where are you? We have this sneaky suspicion that he's kind of left us. And sometimes we cry out at night, at nights when it gets to me the most. And I wake up in the middle of the night sometimes and I wonder, God, are you even there? Like, do you even see what's happening with the finances? Do you even see what's happening, you know, with our kids or with our family, with our job? Are you even there? Are you asleep? Can you give me something? Can you just let me know that you're with me? So looking back at this story, the same thing that worried the disciples that day are the same things that can cause anxiety in our lives if we let it. Right? The unexpected storms that are on the horizon, the waves that keep hitting us, the small boat in the middle of a big lake, the fact that we feel alone. So that all of that can be a lie. So, so if this is where we struggle, how do we keep from worrying when it just seems like God's not paying attention. When it seems like God could be sleeping on the job, like, what do we do? What what does work? Because you know what doesn't work? Clever cliches don't work. You know, when you try to explain to somebody and they're like, you know, the only thing to fear is fear itself, you know, or something like that. Like they give you something or don't worry, be happy or something. You know, you can say those things over and over again, but it doesn't really help. You know what else doesn't help? Statistics don't help. I've told you this before, but most statistics, statistics prove that 92% of what we worry about are things that are never going to happen. So really what we do is we waste time. I am so good at this. I waste time worrying about things that are actually never going to happen. And you know what else doesn't work? Uh, Me uh, up here uh, telling you the damage that it does to your health. You, You know this. Y'all have news feeds on your phone just like I do. Y'all read the reports. We know what worry does to us. We know what raises our heart rate, our blood pressure. We know what it does to our emotions and jacks us up. Anxiety can harm your life. So if those things don't really work, what can we do? What can we do? Let's keep reading the story and let's find out how Jesus had an answer for the worries that the disciples were facing that day and for the worries that we face today. So let's finish it out. Here it goes. So the disciples went and woke him up, shouting, Lord, save us, we're gonna drown. And Jesus responded, why are you so afraid? You have so little faith. Then he got up and he rebuked the wind and the waves and suddenly there was a great calm. And the disciples were amazed. Who is this man, they asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. So let's talk about this this morning. Uh, Let's talk about this for just a minute. Okay, here's what we can learn from this story. Number one, first things first, we gotta ask for help. Okay, the cure to the anxiety we face in life is that we gotta ask for help. What gets me is that there was a moment in this story where things got so bad that they had to wake Jesus up. But that moment only came when they thought they were gonna drown. Like, how long did they suffer watching the storm come their way with all this worry and this dread and this anxiety before somebody had the brilliant idea to go to Jesus? Like, if that's the case, why didn't they wake them up earlier? So, so here's my point Why is it that we wait so long in life before we turn to God? Right. It's almost like we wait until things get too much. It's like we get into these situations and we like, we want to man up and we want to take it. And it's like I can handle this and I can do this and I've got this until it gets to a point where I can't. And then it's not until I feel like I'm drowning, until my head is underwater, that I want to cry out and turn to Jesus. I think that's a good lesson for us in this. Don't wait to turn to Jesus. Man, go to him immediately. Go to him when you even think there's going to be something that's going to cause you to worry or be anxious about. So that verse that I shared at the beginning from Philippians that said, don't worry about anything. I want to go back to that verse for just a minute. And I want to look at it in its entirety because it says this. It says, don't worry about anything. What does it say to do instead? Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Now, think about this verse for just a minute, and I want to concentrate on a few things. Number one, I want you to concentrate on that word, everything. Okay, instead, pray about everything, and here's why. It's because the more you pray about, the less you're going to worry. If I pray about nothing, well, then I'm going to worry about a lot of things. But if I try to pray for as much as I possibly can in life, then I'm going to worry less in life i got to be willing to go to God about everything. Now, I picture telling God about everything. Like when I used to pick up Abby from school when she was so little. I remember she would jump into the truck, and I wouldn't even have to ask her how her day was going. She just started talking. And it was everything I could do to concentrate to try to take it all in because she was just going, going, going. I really thought when she was young, her spiritual gift would be talking. (laughs) It was so much. But she had so much to share. And I loved it. She wanted to tell Dad about everything. And in case you're thinking, you know, I I don't know how to pray to God about everything. Let Let me give you a few things to consider. Start here. Pray for your family. Pray about everything that you're going through, your spouse is going through, your kids are going through, you, you're, whoever is going through. Pray for the big decisions that you need to make, a career change or moving, whatever. Pray for the situations at work that you're facing that day. Pray, pray for your church and everything that's going to happen in our future. Well, what I'm trying to get you to see is that the more you pray and the more you give it to God, the less you're going to worry. So give God everything. The next phrase, the next phrase in this is that tell God what you need. Tell God, and the reason that this is so important to focus in on is because sometimes we only, when we pray, we tell God what we think he wants to hear. Right, like our prayers have to be this certain formula. Or that God is too big to be bothered about these little things. Or God doesn't really want to know. Or God doesn't really have time. But what scripture teaches us is that he wants to meet your needs. But in order to do that, you're going to have to be specific with him. Tell him what you're worried about. What you need to meet that need. He wants to know. And then the last phrase in this is to thank him. Thank him. I can't think of anything that will reduce anxiety more in our life than thanking him for what he's done. It's kind of like I talked about a few weeks ago with feeling overwhelmed. When we remember what he's done, we'll feel so much better about what he can do. And this will reduce the stress. So point number one, man, we got, don't wait. Don't wait. Ask Jesus. Even when you see the storm approaching, go to him first. Do that, the less stress you'll have. Number two, you got to be willing to question your fears. You got to question your fears. Our worry and anxiety, it grows out of the fear that we have. So, So with that being said, let me also remind you that one of the most common phrases in the Bible is do not be afraid. And there are so many people, there are so many stories in the Bible where God tells his people that very phrase, do not be afraid. When Abraham was worried in Genesis 15. He was getting towards the end of his life. God looked at Abraham and said, do not be afraid. And you know why? It's because he's getting up in age and he has no child. And that's the thing that he wanted the most. And God said, don't be afraid. God said it to Jacob when Jacob told his family to go into Egypt to to get away from the famine. Do not be afraid. God said it to Moses when Moses was going through the wilderness area and all these people wanted to conquer the Israelites. God said, don't be afraid. When Joshua went into the promised land, that finally the day comes and they're going in and they're facing Jericho with that menacing wall in front of them. God said, don't be afraid. Over. And over and over again, I could keep going. But my point of this is our first response, sometimes to anything new, anything different, anything on the horizon, it is to be afraid. So, one thing we can do is question that fear, just question it for a minute. In fact, there's a practical exercise you can do that will really help you question the fear that you have. When you get some time, um, sit down with a piece of paper and a pencil, (laughs) one that's not broken, okay? And create two columns. And on one side, create a column that says, I'm afraid that. And then just start numbering, I'm afraid that. And and then just start listing them, just start jotting them down. I'm afraid that my job, I'm afraid that my kids fill in the blank. I'm afraid that this or that and fill in the blank. And, And the reason this is good sometimes is because when we put them down and we actually look at them and we evaluate them, sometimes they're not as big as we think that they are. Sometimes when we look at them and we evaluate them, we begin to see that my God is actually bigger than this. And then once you've numbered those things out, then create another column off to the side and just kind of fill in the blank. What if it happened? Like, what if, again, 92% of what we worry about is never going to happen, but what if that 8%, what if it does happen, what then? And once we start going through those things, I think that we'll begin to notice that no matter what happens in life, God's still with me. God's still in control. Even if this blank happens, you know, I still have people that love me. Jesus still loves me. Jesus can still work some good. He can still have a purpose in my life. So point number one is that we got to ask God. Point number two, got to question those fears. Your God is bigger. Point number three is that you got to increase your faith. Now, this is a little bit of a gut check here, because I want you to notice that Jesus actually calls the disciples out, and he actually kind of calls us out in this story if we read ourselves into this narrative, because he says, you worry because you don't have the faith that you need. He looks at these disciples, and he actually says, why do you have such little faith? And honestly, one of the ways of decreasing the worry that I have in my life is to remember that that's an opportunity for me to increase my faith. I'll give you an illustration of this. I remember a time a while back. This was back when we were first starting this church. I remember Shannon was transitioning between... Jobs, And at that time, she was moving out of one position in, 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 in the medical field, and it was just so weird, and it was very stressful, and we weren't really sure how it was all going to play out. And I was a nervous wreck for a month or so. And I remember having lunch with a good friend. And as we're having lunch, and I'm sharing my concerns, and I'm sharing my anxiety, I'm sharing my worry about, you know, this situation, he looked out the window and he saw a bird fly by. And he quoted this verse to me in Matthew 6. He said, look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? Can your worries add a single moment to your life? Why do you have such little faith? Man, that kind of struck me. Here I am, the pastor's supposed to be preaching to him, and yet he's preaching to me. And yeah, you know, this may be one of the most important things we talk about today. But I want you to know this. The same thing that's causing you to worry right now can also be the same thing that increases your faith. What that means for many of us is that those people that are the greatest warriors in life can also become the greatest people of faith. You can, become, you can become the greatest person of faith that you know. Think about this. If you worry so much in life, what if you use every opportunity that you worry to use that as a moment to put your faith in God? You might actually become the greatest person of faith that you know in your life. And I'll tell you this, through that whole situation, Shannon's faith was so rock strong. She was incredible, and she handled it so well, and I just worried, and I stressed. And when I realized through all of it that God loved us and that he cared for us, and when I was willing to hand it over to him, he provided, and he provided something even greater. And my faith, through all of that, skyrocketed. So I'm learning, I'm learning. I'm learning not to focus so much on what I'm worried about, but rather to have faith in the one who can overcome anything. And when I do that, it changes everything. So when you worry, use that as a moment to increase your faith. And then the last thing, last thing is that we got to acknowledge that God's in control. I love this story because in the boat, the disciples are freaking out and Jesus gets up, and he stands at the end of the boat. Everybody's anxious. Everybody's nervous about what's going to happen. And Jesus just stands up, and he's like, everybody calm down. (laughs) And everything stopped. And then I wonder if he turned around to the disciples, and it's not written in the text, but I can't help but think. He looks at them, and after he says, where's your faith? He says, don't wake me up again. (laughs) I'm going back to bed, Peter. (laughs) I'm going to put you in the water, okay? You're not walking on the water either, right? Like, don't wake me up again. But the disciples, it says it took a minute to kind of take all this in. And once everything had calmed down, they looked at each other, and they're like, who is this? It really kind of started to sink in at that moment that they were in the presence of, of someone, something greater than they've ever known. Who is this that says, that causes the wind and the waves to obey them? They began to realize that Jesus was in control. And I think sometimes we got to remember that we have God in the boat with us. Like, we have Jesus in our life. You know the difference between... Old Testament, New Testament. You know the difference between what the disciples were going through and what we go through is that we have Jesus with us always because when we love Jesus and we invite him into our hearts, when we invite him into our lives, his presence is always with us. In fact, we're coming up on the Christmas season, y'all. I was in the Circle K yesterday, and they're already playing Christmas music too early. Too early, okay? All right, I'm going to start some arguments in here right now among a lot of y'all. Some of y'all are like, no, I'll listen to it all year. Listen, as we're approaching into Christmas, one of those big words that we always throw around is that word Emmanuel, which is the name, one of Jesus' names, which means God with us. You see, something happens when we realize that when we've accepted Christ and his Holy Spirit is inside of us, his presence is always with us. And when we realize that we have God with us always, and he's the one in control, that the wind and the waves actually obey his commands, what right do I have to be worried about anything? I have the one who's in control of everything with me. 1 Chronicles 29.11 says says it this way. He says, everything in the heavens and the earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as being in control of everything. You see, the problem is, so many times, and the reason we worry is that we try to control too much We try to control the uncontrollable. We try to do the undoable. We try to explain the unexplainable. We try to fix the unfixable. We try to do the things that only God can do. But when we take a step back and we acknowledge that God's in control and that He's with us, and we put Jesus on His throne in our lives. It's incredible what he can do and how how that releases the anxiety that we carry. Let me leave you with one last verse because worry is such a control issue. Matthew 6, 34, Jesus says this. He says, don't be anxious about tomorrow. God will take care of tomorrow too. Live one day at a time. I just wanted to hit that verse with you again. Don't try to live tomorrow today. We, We got enough to do today. I don't know about you, but when I try to control tomorrow, today, I always end up worrying too much, and I really can't get control of tomorrow or the future anyway, so i got to leave that up to God. And I'm learning to focus on what I can focus on and do what I can do today. So as you leave here today, maybe we can reduce that anxiety that we carry a little bit, You know, whatever that situation may be, whatever you walked in here today, maybe just be reminded to to go home today and ask for God's help. Question that fear that has a grip on you. Use it, whatever it is, use this as an opportunity to increase your faith and realize ultimately God's in control. He's with you. He hasn't left you and he's not asleep. He is with you. In fact, do this. Do this also. I want you to, right now, I want everybody to pick up your pencils. Okay, go ahead, pick them up off the ground. Okay? And I want you to do this for two reasons. Number one, I want you to clean up after yourself. <laughs> I don't want to go around and pick up pencils. But number two, somebody is still breaking pencils, still taking away that stress. Listen, maybe take this pencil, this broken pencil, place it in a spot this week where you can see it at home, at work, whatever. Wherever that stress, wherever that anxiety is, maybe let it be a reminder that God wants to break that stress and remove it from your life. He's with you. In fact, let's do that now. Let's, let's pray together. Y'all pray this with me, okay? Jesus, you understand what's worrying us better than we do. You understand the anxiety that we carry and why we carry it. What we're worried about. And truth is, God, we get so exhausted trying to control it all. So Jesus, what we're going to do is today. We're going to realize and we're going to trust that you are ultimately in control. And God, we're going to give you control of our life. And so, God, we just want you to take that circumstance. And if, if you'll do this now, just pray to God right now. Let's just have a moment of silence. What is that thing, that anxiety that you're carrying? What is that thing that you're afraid of? Give it to him now. Let him have it. Jesus, we're asking you for your help. We ask you to be in control of this situation. God, we ask you to calm the storms. Calm the waves. Calm our fears. Help us to feel your presence. And God, help us to increase our faith. God, we look for you to show us just how good you really are. We thank you that you love us like you do. And we thank you for your presence in our heart and in our lives. Jesus, we love you. It's in your name we pray these things. Amen. Amen.